Bite For You podcast is about our scariest thoughts, memories, and experiences. Every week, I'm speaking with a new guest. These stories are rooted in pain, love, grief, heartache, but most of all, how they've overcome their biggest experiences. Fight For You exposes vulnerability, and you can have the chance to share your story too. Reach out anytime, and remember, you are not alone. Fight for you. Let's break the stigma. Hi, I'm your host, Lily, and today's story is about Nainoa. Nainoa is in his junior year of high school. Nainoa shares the passion of playing baseball, hanging with friends and family, and working hard in school. Nainoa lost both his parents throughout his childhood. He was young, confused, uneducated, and lost. Nainoa never knew his mother well, but when his father passed after her, he was heartbroken. His dad was his biggest support system. Nainoa would love to play baseball in college, not only for the love and the talent he has in the sport, but because his dad was his biggest fan. He cheered him on daily, and he watched him succeed. When Nainoa steps on the field, it's more than a game and a passion. It's a love. He's brought closer to his dad daily, and when he steps on the field, he can feel it. Nainoa has had so many traumatic experiences at such a young age. Nainoa is a fighter. Listen on for the rest of the episode to hear more in depth of Nainoa's story. As a disclaimer into this episode, this episode contains talk about depression, anxiety, mood swings, and suicide. Please do not harm yourself by listening. Please listen at your own will. Nainoa is joining me here today. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Just the pandemic life currently locked out at home, but doing good. Just school and then the holidays with the family. Okay, cool. Well then, are you ready to get right into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, Nainoa, do you want to tell us a little bit about your childhood? I grew up on the west side of Seattle in the Magnolia area. And uh, at about the age of five, my, uh, my mom took her own life, which was, was very tough, but got through. And I actually, I didn't know her super well, but uh, a few years later, about, let's see, eight years later, uh, my dad ended up passing away too. So it's been rough, but got through and I'm living with a good family friend in Magnolia again. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned at five years old, you lost your mom. Do you remember a lot um, from that period of your life? I remember it's pretty vague, but honestly, the majority of it, I remember like some memories we had, but I don't remember a lot about it, which sucks because that figure in my life definitely played a massive role to how I came to be as a person in trade, so like my flaws and what I mainly was, but yeah. Absolutely. And then you also mentioned, so about four years ago, your dad also passed away. What was your initial initial feeling when you lost your dad after you had already lost your mom? I remember the I remember the day like it was yesterday, honestly. I was uh I was at a friend's house and I got a call from my uncle saying my dad's card crashed. And uh, he was in the hospital, but uh, he was telling me everything would be okay. So initially, 
I believed everything was okay. And I was telling myself like, everything will be okay, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we get to my uncle's house and everybody's a little down. So I was like, okay, what's going on? I'm guessing we don't have any news yet. And uh, they sat me down and he's just like, your dad's, your dad's gone. And initially, first I got, I just got a wave of dizziness and then I stood up and I was just like, I'm gonna be okay. Like, it'll be okay. And I told myself that about 10 times. And yeah, I've just been trying to live by that for the past few years. But I mean, it's definitely okay to not be okay. Just gotta tell yourself that at the end of the day. Yeah, I definitely emphasize that on the podcast. Like being not okay is not a bad thing, especially when you're going through something so real and like such a hard thing to go through, especially losing like your second parent. Yeah. Um, It's just like, it's okay to not be okay. And there's so many people that are around you supporting you. Um, so throughout your child, you mentioned to me that you were always a very happy child. After losing both of your parents, how did this change? I honestly believed that up to the point of when I, when I actually internalized my mom's death at around the age of 10, when I could really like think about it and like think about my feelings towards it, I, I guess like it took a little bit away from me, but Today, I'd say that, like, at such a young age, at that age, I didn't know her super well. And, like, obviously, I had a great relationship with her. I remember some memories, but it's just not as deep as, say, my relationship with my dad, which really hit deep. And uh, he was a main source of my happiness, like, a super super close, like, friend, as well as a dad. And that hit me hard, and it it was definitely tough to handle. But, I mean, things get better. Just, I definitely know that, like, my happiness isn't at a level that it would be say he were here, but yeah, absolutely. Which is a fair argument, obviously, if he was a major source in your life. Um, so that's totally makes sense. And a family friend took you and your brother in with open arms. How did this experience affect you directly? So at the beginning, uh, I just started living with them. I actually didn't know that I was going to be living with them. I was, wasn't told until about, last second uh but still nonetheless like they've been a great family to me they've done so many things for me and recently a few years ago they actually adopted me uh but yeah it's good it's just it's definitely it's definitely tough to know that like I know like that my parents are always my parents but it's tough to like know that like legally that like like they're not like my parents anymore which it's tough but something I had to accept yeah how was it when you first started staying there what was that like it was good uh I didn't really think much of it at first but then I realized like this is my new home now I gotta like make the best of my current situation and it's definitely good it's it's a good vibe I like it I mean there's there's some downs and there's some ups but I mean it's good for the most part okay good to hear and you're now a junior in high school and you're balancing school and baseball what has this been like, especially with the pandemic going on? How has this affected your mental health? Within the first month of the pandemic, having a quarantine and everything, and just stay in your house, uh, it was definitely really tough. And I noticed staying inside all day and like going out once a day had me very cloudy headed. And over time, I got used to it. But then we started traveling in June and we just had a regular summer for baseball for the most part. We're traveling to Idaho, went to Vegas a few months ago, went to Georgia. But yeah, it's been good. I mean, it's other than other than us not traveling to as many places as I thought we'd go, uh, mental health has been better than I thought it would be throughout the pandemic. 
Well, that's a plus, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you mentioned that your dad was like your biggest support system, a main source of happiness. And you mentioned also that you feel closest to your dad when you're playing baseball because he was such a big fan of you. Now with recruiting going on, does this affect your performance when you step on the field? I mean, honestly, when I step on the field, like I try not to think about anything. My head's usually just blank other than the goal, like try to win, try to go play best. But right before I take that first step over that white line in between the bases, I think about him immediately, like right as I'm running out to my position. And it's honestly, it's super tough. It's super tough. These past few years playing, it's been super tough without him. Just like being on the field and like just thinking about him constantly. But I've gone through and I'd like, I'm doing a lot of this for him. It's like, I know he wants to see me succeed in the sport, which I want to. But yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. And so you've obviously been taken in by an amazing family. How did you find ways to connect with them after the loss of both of your parents? Honestly, from a, from a deeper standpoint of connecting with them, I've known this family since I was younger, but I've never been like, super open about like talking about my feelings and such like this is probably like my first experience putting that out like publicized for the most part but I don't know it was it was definitely it's definitely a tough experience but I got through it with them together like say anniversaries of their deaths or, like their birthdays talking with them but yeah it's been good but that's good to know that you have like a bigger support system that you've like known for a while instead of it was just like a brand new thing that you were going into right after your dad passed away. So that's really good. Um, so you mentioned you sometimes deal with mood swings. How do you deal with this? Usually with mood swings, I'll like, I'll be having a fine day and then sometimes I'll get like decently sad, not too severe. Usually they used to be worse, but, uh, honestly, I just like, just think about them and think, how, and think how proud they'd be of me right now or like wishing they were here and that usually cheers me up but yeah I mean honestly mood swings are a tough one sometimes but they don't get too bad they're good though okay um and with so many traumatic experiences at such a young age that leaves lots of unanswered questions how do you deal with uncertainty especially now from a closure standpoint on how things went with my mom and with my dad I definitely I definitely have a lot of unanswered questions and it's, it's definitely tough to let those questions rest. But over time, it's just like sad with me that like, like the majority of the answers I don't have and like, I can't get them, which I have, I had to accept over time, especially with the suicide of my mom, which was really tough to accept. But you can't, you can't believe that it's your fault or say you have a play in it, but sometimes there's always that back thought, but also you never really know. Yeah, and at such a young age, like, not really understanding what was going on. I mean, I've lost someone, and I was young, but not as young as how old you were. I know there's a lot of, like, unanswered questions because you don't know as much into the topic, um, yeah. and you don't – you usually don't learn the full story because, one, yeah. you understand it, and two, you're at just such a young age that that's a lot to comprehend. So that's definitely something hard because as you grow up, you learn more. Um, yeah. That's 100%. Internalizing those feelings at such a young age is definitely really hard because it's so it's such a complex situation that I, it's really hard to understand at a young age. Yeah. And you mentioned that none of your friends have an experience super similar to you. Does this make it hard to open up to your closest friends? I mean, we all have our demons and the, situa and the trauma we've gone through. I wouldn't say none of them have the exact same situation, but from a standpoint of like situation, for the most part, like 
I think that my situation is unique compared to the majority of my friends. Yeah. But I always feel like I can talk to my closest friends, for example, like my close group of guys and like a good friend of mine, Viola. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I can open up to those people, that core group, about anything. I always trust them. That's a good thing. I know that it can be in society these days. It's a norm that like talking about your feelings and not being okay is almost a problem or, or going to therapy is whatever you want to say. But I think it's really important to know that you have like a group of friends that you can always trust and always go to no matter the like circumstance. So that's really good that you feel like that you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a certain memory you have that leads you to push yourself to be your best daily? I remember actually, this is a, it's not the greatest memory, but, uh, so it was little league. It was like my last, it was my second to last year. And I actually lost the game for our team. And I remember just looking back, like in the car, my dad was like, it'll be okay. Like, it's fine. It's just a game. But like, it's more, it's honestly more than a game. But at the time, like, I know what he meant. Like, it just, it helped me calm down. But yeah, I just always have that thought in the back of my head. Yeah. And there's those little things that end up going a really long way, right? Um, yeah. Just even knowing, like, it is more than a game or it's not, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So, like, there's more to it, um, which is such a nice memory. Even if it's not, like, a big, big memory, um, the little things go a long way. So we always say that, right? Um, although your parents aren't here today to see how amazing you've grown to be, how do you honor them in your daily life? Honestly, just thinking about how proud they'd be and just, like, praying for them and just, like, trying to think of them. Go put out flowers at, like, all their favorite spots for their death days and for their birthdays, do something special. But, yeah, just honor them in that way. Yeah, that's really nice that you've been able to – find ways to honor um, even your mom, even though you were so young. Um, So there's a lot less memory there, but that's good to hear that you've been able to find smaller ways even that you can still do that. Yeah. So there's a big misconception in our society today that is it never gets better. How has this misconception affected you? That statement of it never gets better. I honestly don't believe that that's a misconception. Furthermore, that society tries to get you to believe that stuff does get better over time, which I mean, I'll admit it does in some ways, but there's always that time. I believe that time's just a cover and helps helps heal those scars in a way to where you think about them less and you have less feelings towards them once you internalize them more. Just from a societal standpoint, I think that's just the normal. But personally... I think that, I think stuff does get better, but to an extent, like you're always going to have that thought in your head. Say you lose like a close loved one or someone that you really, really cared about. That was a huge part of your life. That person's always going to be with you. And the thoughts, outcomes of the situation, say you did something different or how you feel about it is always going to be with you. And it's tough to internalize, but over time, time gets you to think about that less. And I believe that truly. Yeah, that's a really good thing to remember. Um, My parents like to tell me that time heals but you'll always have memories and you'll always have those little things that like will always be there um but time can heal a lot um which is really important when you fall off track sometimes what do you do to remind yourself that it's going to work out in regards to anything 
like you to tell myself i just gotta tell myself i'll make it like i'll get through and just like try to think of a try to think of a plan to get through no matter what it is like for example baseball say i got a flaw in a part of my game i'll try to just work on that like for example school if i'm confused i'll try to like look up some study resources or stuff like that just try to like find a way to get through yeah absolutely so it seems like you really like to push yourself um and just to be your best do you think this comes from like the source that your dad had in your life or do you think that's just how you've grown up to be I think a big part is that like I used to not used to not honestly like care a lot about school when I was younger but ever since high school started I've just like started to really care about school for some reason I couldn't tell you why so I'm guessing it's my dad always had a massive work ethic so I'm guessing it's either from that or just self-motivation but yeah definitely he's definitely pushed me to have a good work ethic yeah and that's awesome that you can identify that as well and know that yeah for that reason what have you learned about yourself through of all your experiences i've learned that the majority of time i'm a lone wolf i don't like to talk about these things a lot for the most part and uh and i do believe that takes a toll like feelings do build up over time and they do they do lash out at some point no matter who you are like you your feelings will build up at some point and eventually they'll all spew out, which I believe I do that a lot. And I've been trying to work on that recently, like with this podcast, I'm doing a podcast, trying to open up about it and spread awareness for mental health. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I believe that that's, it's affected me in the most that I'm very private usually about this stuff, but starting to try to open up about it. Yeah. I mean, opening up is a really hard thing, especially when not everyone knows your story and the journey that you've been on and no matter if your best friends or whoever knows it there's other people that see you in your daily life and watch you and you know see your journey but don't know the real story behind it and I think it's really important that you were able to be like I want to do this and I even told you multiple times like you don't have to do it if you're you don't want to and you're like no I'm doing it like I feel like that shows a lot of courage and it also shows like you're growing because for me I used to not be able to talk about my stuff and without crying or whatever and now I'm talking to other people who are dealing with similar things or just their own story so I think it's really important that you've been able to grow to do that um thank you also for giving me the chance to do that and help you with that yeah you have a mentor and if so why is their message so important I don't think I have a, like, a true mentor other than, like, my dad. Like, I obviously, like, I'm trying to, like, follow in the same footsteps as him, like, character-wise and just, like, be like him. But I don't really think I have a true mentor. And I just think that – I think that with my dad playing such a huge part of my life, how he did, that, like, I'm always going to look up and look to, like, what he'd do in a certain situation, say I'm unsure of the outcome or how it's going to go. Yeah, totally. What are some of the greatest gifts that have come out of your hardest obstacles and why are these gifts so important? I believe perseverance is a huge one, being able to get through anything and just like knowing that you'll get through it at the end of the day, no matter what, is a huge one. I believe that's my biggest trait that I've gotten from all this, just being able to get through no matter the situation. Yeah. And that's really important because a lot of people I feel in this day and age, like feel like they're going to be stuck in this little place that they are now um when in reality you know we always move forward day by day we grow and we change and we learn new things and that 
takes an effect on our personality and our experiences and our memories and all of that. Um, so we want family and friends to know about how they can best support a loved one struggling with depression. Honestly, if, if the person, if the person is seeking help, you just got to be there to listen. A huge part of it is listening. And then after that, if you internalize and express your opinion, that's also great because then they can build on top of their own ideas of how they can get out of the slum, which is a huge part of it. But the majority of it is going to be listening. That person is going to want to talk to you for the majority of the time. And then at the end, you should probably share your thoughts because that can help a person a lot. Yeah. But the majority of it is just sitting there listening to their struggles and like analyzing it for yourself to see how you can help them in any way. Yeah, I feel like especially I've learned that a lot of people are just looking to hear them and for like an ear to listen. And I don't know if that's just me, but I feel like a lot of people don't just always want advice. They just want people to know like, oh, they are listening and they are there for me. And I think that's like a really big thing, especially in this day and age. Yeah. So what, do you have an idea of what you want to do when you're older? And does this have any effect on what has happened to you in your life i've always wanted to try to get to the mlb for baseball which is obviously like a life dream of mine but at the same time uh i also want to try to become a journalism possibly but currently it depends on my test scores but i'm trying to get into some good schools school of journalism but also trying to go to college for baseball so we'll see what happens but those are the main two and I honestly believe that the baseball one is just from, like, my relationship with my dad and how he just built baseball into me and, like, how he loved it so much also. Yeah, and that's yeah. something you'll hold forever um, into your adult life and college and just all of that. So that's really, really, really important. Um, Nainoa, thank you for speaking with me today and sharing your story with us. Your story is authentic, courageous, and vulnerable. I thank you for being such an inspiration to me and so many others. I'm so thankful that you can share your story with us. Thank you for the great work that you share. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like our listeners to know? Honestly, I want to emphasize again, like I said earlier, like if you're going to be there for someone, just listen to their thoughts for the most part. Because at the end of the day, most people that reach out to someone need someone that they want them to listen to. And if that person really trusts you and they reach out to you, then you know they really need you. But that's it. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hi, it's me again. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm so happy you're here. With the pandemic going on, it's easy to feel alone. Yet you aren't. And you are not the only one struggling. There are so many people out here for you. There are so many resources for you. Let me help you take advantage of them. If I don't know you personally, thank you for being here. If I do know you personally, thank you. Each day you get up, you've made it another day, and you've made the choice to stay. You are a fighter and a survivor. In every episode, I've linked a page full of hotlines. If you would like to be a part of Fight For You, reach out, I'd love to talk. I'm here for you, and there are so many people who love and care for you. You are wanted, cared for, and loved. Every day, 
you have the option to make it the best it can be. You are writing your own story and you have full control. Live in the moment and be the best you can possibly be. Please stay. We love you. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Do you need to talk to someone? Call 1-800-273-TALK. We are in this together. You are not alone. All my love, Lily. Thank you.